Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Saturday night get-together here on CBS Sports Radio, coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Jody McDonald punching up my first guest tonight. He's going to tell us everything that's going on in the National Football League, or as best he knows, which is better than most. He is the executive uh, editor of Pro Football Weekly, sideline reporter for Westwood One, and NFL insider for our Odyssey outlet in Chicago. The score, Hubarkish, joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Hub, it never stops, does it? No. Uh, you know, I, I think that ever since they decided that there was a way to make tampering legal, <laughs> start free agent a few days early. And uh, now these last few years with so many teams battling the cap and hustling to make moves leading up to the new league year to get under the cap. And, uh, uh, you know, and then the combination of the combine and the draft coming, which is always exciting. Uh, there is no NFL offseason anymore. There is no downtime. Uh, speaking of making moves to get ready for impending free agency, tis the season to restructure. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Lattimore, excuse me, with the Saints, Boyd Avea with the Bucks, Blake Martinez with the Giants, Matt Ryan with the Falcons. I understand you got to do what you got to do, and I think sometimes fans just think, oh, that's great, we just created more cap room, which you do in the short term, but eventually you have to pay the piper. Down the road, you can't just wipe money off your uh, salary. You have to pay for it at some point. When does it get counterproductive? Well, when you become the New Orleans Saints or the Green Bay Packers, where you're at right now, because what you do, you restructure these deals, you lower the, the commitment this year to create more guaranteed money down the road, which is more dead cap money, and eventually the number gets so big, there, there's no way to deal with it and, and stay within the limits or the rules uh, without taking some real pain. And, and so you look at the four teams that you just mentioned, they've all got cap issues, and that's what this is all about. Uh, the players are willing to do it because they, they get rewarded in the sense of more guaranteed money, and they usually get an additional upfront payment. So there's no reason not to do it. They know at some point, hopefully while they're still in their prime, are able to play if they do have to move on, that they'll be released, and the team is going to have to eat some of that dead money. But right now, this is just teams dealing with problems that they've created over the last couple of years and choosing to push it down the road one or two more years for, for one of two reasons. Uh, you know, if you're the Saints, if you're the Bucks, uh, you're thinking maybe you can make another run at something this year. But if you're the New York Giants, you're looking at the rest of your contracts and saying, well, you know, we, we have more cap space in, in 23 and 24 because of other expiring contracts. And so that's why they can make it work with somebody like Blake Martinez. Hub Arkish here with us on CBS Sports Radio. All right, Hub, one thing we have seen over the last week, maybe more so than ever before, and you, like me, have been at this a long time, 
The NFL forever was a league that never did any trades. In season, off season, any time. The fr- trades were so infrequent, except for right around the draft, it was not even worth talking about. But we've seen a couple of big trades, huge names the last couple of days. Khalil Mack going to, to the Chargers, and today Amari Cooper ending up in Cleveland. These are still really good players, but because of their salaries, teams decide it's better to trade them and take nothing uh, close to equal in return, but give yourself some more cap flexibility. Does the NFL have a problem that a guy like Khalil Mack can be traded for as little as the Bears got in exchange for him? Well, I don't think they have a problem, Jody. It's just one of the byproducts of the system. And, and, you know, really, you're right. Suddenly we're seeing the occasional blockbuster moves here. This is still nothing in comparison to what happens in MLB or or, or NBA or even NHL. Uh, But it is much more than we saw in the National Football League until three, four, five years ago. Some of this is uh, a result of, of tweaks that were made in the CBA that took effect, the new 10-year deal that took effect last year. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, what I find the most interesting about it is that be, because there is so little trading around the NFL, and then you try and figure out what is the incentive to do it, it's not to get better via the trade for one of the two teams involved. In the case of the Chicago Bears, in the case of the Dallas Cowboys, the only reason they moved Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper was, again, to create more cap space. You know, now in the Bears' case, they picked up a little bit this year, but they picked up a ton next year and the year after. Mack is 31 years old and probably have another all-pro season this year, but does he have two or three left in him? And so the Bears still building their offense. They, they have to retool the roster, and so they decided to take the pain this year, but to be they're in good cap uh, space situation now this year with about 40, 41 million once these moves are done and possibly even a little more to come, but it also leaves them with over 100 million in cap space, at least in committed contracts going into 23 and 24. With Amari Cooper, it was a little different. There's no more guaranteed or dead money on the contract. There's only one year left. But with C.D. Lamb there, needing to fix a lot of other things, uh, uh, particularly on defense, uh, they decided to, knowing that Amari Cooper could possibly leave next year with no compensation, they move him. But, you know, you ask yourself, well, why would they only get a five and a six for Amari Cooper, who's still a number one receiver? Why would they only get uh, a two and a six for, for Cleo Mack, who's still one of the five to ten best players in the NFL? And then you turn around and the Seattle Seahawks get the entire plus side of the balance sheet from the Denver Broncos for, for Russell Wilson. And, and that's because quarterbacks are different. You, you know, you trade a quarterback, you can rebuild a franchise. You trade anybody else, nine times out of ten, you're just looking to create cap space because you know you're not going to get much in return. All right, I want to get to the quarterback position in a second. But first things first, your point about uh, uh, deals being made with more of an eye toward the salary cap than anything else. For executives in the NFL, still the number one trait you have to have is the ability to evaluate uh, football talent. Close second is the ability to manage your cap and be able to make right decisions, not only that a guy can play, but he's also worth the kind of money you're going to have to commit if you want to get him. So uh, that's what we're seeing a lot of in the NFL. How does Deshaun Watson play into this? There are so many layers of the Deshaun Watson thing. We peeled back one yesterday. No criminal charges will be brought against him. The league has yet to add. The civil suits are going forward. We know how talented this guy is. We know the Texans, I don't want to say are desperate to trade him, but they're going to do what they have to to get this deal done. Uh, how is his deal going to compare the one that Seattle just got for uh, from Denver for Russell Wilson? 
Well, it is absolutely one of the great unknowns, Jody. And, and let me just take a quick quarter step back before I answer that question. We should add um, that one of the reasons we see so much of this cap maneuvering now is because last year, for the first time in decades, the first time in the last two CBAs, the salary cap went down. Instead of going up 10% a year, as it has on average for the last 11 seasons, it went down by almost 10%. And so a lot of teams that weren't in horrible cap situations found themselves there. So now you come to this year, and that's why you've got that much more maneuvering. Now, this year with an increase, they are just back to 2019 and 2020 levels, or I should say 2020 levels. So, you know, that's where some of this, this cap stuff comes from. And, and, and then, you know, you look at these players, these quarterbacks, what you get in, in, in return, and, you know, you, you can't win without a quarterback. You know, it's really that simple. So you go identify that guy, and then you have to build around them. You know, and you say, you know, the cap management is important as a talent evaluation. Uh, if you are going for it, if you've built a competitive team, and let's say you're this year's Cincinnati Bengals, or you're, you're, you're this year's, uh, you know, pick another San Francisco 49ers, teams that were close last year, the window is open. You make deals that you know could create cap problems in a year or two, but, but you know, for every one ring you get, you can afford three or four years of cap issues. And so that's how these teams get into these situations. Uh, but I do want to ask you about when I should say it's, it's if, but it's more when, as far as I'm concerned, Deshaun Watson gets dealt. Uh, oh. There's a whole bunch of teams that should be interested in that young man because he's a better quarterback than the one they have. But commitments and mm-hmm. the way the fan base is going to react. I remember with Colin Kaepernick, there were a bunch of teams. I said, how can teams not have interest in him? He's better than what they have, but uh, a couple of were owners were good enough to, if not on the record, off the record, say, yeah, we just don't think our fan base will accept him. Are any teams facing that when they're thinking about acquiring Deshaun Watson? Yeah, I apologize. I only answered half your question last time because with the Deshaun Watson thing, it is a big deal that they have declined to press criminal charges against him. It probably makes his situation 50% better, but his situation was awful prior to that. And so you still have the issue of none of these civil suits have played out yet. Is this guy a serious uh, sexual predator, sexual molester, whatever you want to call it? Um, and, you know, it, it's not like it's a hot button issue and anybody thinks that's okay. When you look at the Colin Kaepernick situation, it was it was politics. It was all political, and, and the way that Roger Goodell and the owners initially handled it is they tried to walk some kind of middle line and not offend anybody, and they pretty much offended everybody. And so, you know, Goodell ends up doing a 180, and, and two three years later says, "Well, we were wrong, uh, and we care about this stuff." With Watson, it, it's it's more cut and dried. I would say that the majority of the teams in the league would not want to take a chance. On, on the public reaction of bringing him in until at least we get more information about these 22 civil suits. The other issue, as you mentioned it, is that just because he isn't being criminal char- criminally charged doesn't mean the league isn't going to discipline him if yep. he is found guilty in any of these civil suits. And so, you know, you look at what the, uh, the, the Broncos just gave up for Russell Wilson, that would be a Deshaun Watson package under normal circumstances. No, he's not quite the player that Russell Wilson is yet, but he's five or six years younger. The problem is, can you give all that up and then find out he's going to be suspended for the first year he's with the team? 
so, you know, some of the weight is off his mind, but his future and, and what the Texans can expect to get for him is still, you know, very much an open question. We're hearing that at least right now the Panthers are allegedly uh, preparing an attractive package for him. I'm sure they wouldn't be the only team. Uh, you know, you've got six or seven very quarterback needy teams, uh, but I got to believe there isn't more than, you know, at best two or three potential serious suitors. And, and so that in itself pretty much limits the Texans' options. And remember, Deshaun Watson has the all-important no-trade clause in his contract, so he can always come up to work. I understand. Talk to your friend, my friend, John McClain, last night. He said uh, his sources told him that the kid was just miserable not playing football last year and wants to get back out on the field in the worst way. We'll see when a trade is put before him to see if he will accept it. All right, one more quarterback question for you. We've seen a ton of movement. Roger staying, Wilson going, Watson on the block. Jimmy Garoppolo out in San Francisco has got uh, time to go on his contract, a uh, reasonable contractual number. We know Jimmy's track record. He had success to a point, but then there seems a hump that he can't get over. Again, there's a bunch of teams in the league that have someone who's not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback right now. Is he going to get on the trade market? If so, what is San Francisco looking at as a potential return if they were to trade Garoppolo? Yeah, I mean, my best guess, and first of all, Jody, you're right. I mean, nobody's better than John McClain, but you look at Deshaun Watson, he's not in a position to be turning down trades at this point because he can't make any more money until he gets on the field. Jimmy Garoppolo is a different story. He's got about a $25 million deal. Somebody's going to pay him that this year. I don't think he wants to leave, and I think the 49ers – are kind of putting themselves in the catbird seat. They're making this a seller's market because they don't know what they have in Trey Lance. I mean, you know, they may be intrigued by him, but the kid didn't play anywhere near enough football to say, well, we're going to give him the team this year, especially when you look at they were, you know, the final play of the game away from a Super Bowl this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. So um, I think they're going to sit back and see what kind of offers they get. And if somebody wants to overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm, I'm, I don't know if the Broncos overpaid for Russell Wilson or not. You, you, you know, you don't often get a chance for a guy with a ring and, and really should have two rings if his coach hadn't decided to take the ball away from Marshawn Lynch and throw it from the one-yard line. <laughs> um, you know, so um, if a team starts talking about, you know, a number one, you know, a one and a three, a, you know, a one and a couple threes, something like that, I think they, you know, there's a reason they gave up three first-round picks for Trey Lance. They want to get him on the field. So they're going to make that move. What they don't want it. Well, it's interesting because you, you evaluate the quarterback position by the combination of the cap hits of your two or three quarterbacks and what percentage of your cap they take up. And in the case of the 49ers, it's not as bad as you would think because while Garoppolo's got that 20 some million dollar deal, Lance is just in the second year of his rookie deal. And so his cap hit this year isn't, I, I'd have to look to be exact, but I'm pretty sure it can't be more than, you know, six, seven million bucks if it's that. Right. Uh, probably it's probably in the seven million dollar range. So, with that, with a thirty-two million dollar cap hit between the two of them, I think the top uh, I want to say eleven quarterbacks in the league by themselves have that cap hit. So it wouldn't be the end of the world if they kept both of them. Um, but you don't clear the decks for Lance until Garoppolo is gone. So they'll be looking for tremendous value in a trade. If somebody offers it, they'll deal Garoppolo, but they're not going to be disappointed uh, if they end up keeping him, and maybe even if he's the opening day starter again. And you just, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years. Today's NFL, 
You want to develop your quarterback while he's on his rookie deal because it allows you to spend a lot more money at the other positions and hopefully contend quicker. But it's not a must, you know, and, and, and so I think that John Lynch and, and, and Kyle Shanahan are going to be very selective in what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo. All right. Since you went there in two different statements that you made, it lends me quite nicely to my last quarterback question. Jordan Love, Green Bay Packers. Rodgers is staying several years. Uh, again, uh, the overall cap number, he's getting a decent amount, not a lot, Jordan Love, but Rodgers is over the top with the highest salary in the NFL. They could bring in a veteran and maybe pay him less, but I think more importantly, could they recoup that number one draft pick they used on him if they decide to move on from Jordan Love and just have anybody be uh, Rodgers back up next year and cross your fingers he never gets hurt? Could they get a one for Love in exchange, do you think? No. Uh, you know, Jody, I, I mean, I think you could get something, but let's not forget the Packers traded back up into the back of the first round. I want to say it was a 26 to get Love. Uh, and so coming out of school, you know, most uh, teams didn't think he was worth a first-round draft choice. Now he sat on the bench for two years in, in, in almost no experience. He hasn't been impressed. You know, impressive. He got that one start against Kansas City, and they put seven points on the board. So they could get something for Jordan Love. But I, I'd be surprised at this point if they got more than a, you know, a four. Uh, again, a, you know, unless you're a stud quarterback, you just don't get what you want in trades in the NFL. And, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with letting him wait and learn for another year under Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers watched Brett Favre for three years. I'm not saying that Jordan Love belongs in the same conversation with those two guys, but if Rodgers goes this year, there's, you know, I, I heard what you said, and you're probably right. Maybe Rodgers gives him two more years, maybe even three. It also wouldn't be stunning if it was just this one more year. You know, the Packers had a, a cap mess prior to the, their moves in the last week or two, and they still have some real cap problems because not only did they redo Rodgers, but they hung that franchise tag on Devontae Adams. Now, I suspect yep. they'll get a long-term deal done with Devontae Adams because that, that'll create some more cap space. But I don't. They're saying they don't know how they're going to re-sign Devondre Campbell, Russell Douglas, uh, Lane Patrick. These are other important, you know, starters on that football team. So even though they've retained Rodgers, they're still not better than they were at the end of the season. They're probably still worse because they're leaking at other positions. So, um, you know, I think you're you're looking at one more year. My guess is, for all the you know consternation and conversation that that, that Love has caused. You probably don't want to just move on from him without ever putting him on the field. I, I think he'll probably be their number two quarterback this year. Fair enough. All right, last thing. Um, we're talking about the quarterback carousel and all the changes and ongoing changes and potential changes. We've got an announcer carousel going, too. Some of the <laughs> highest profile, highest paid now guys are moving from network to network. A guy in your position who sleeps, eats, breathes football 365 a year. But it's the game on the field that you watch, you play, you write about, you uh, broadcast with from the sidelines. Do you follow this? Do you care about this stuff? Does this intrigue you? Or do you say, Jody, let's talk about can a team convert on third and three here? doesn't matter who's calling the play. Well, I mean, I follow it and care about it because some of these guys are my friends and I'm happy for okay. them. But, but, you know, Jody, just logically and common sense-wise, it makes no sense. It, it, it's... I think that Troy Aikman is is one of us, not the best color guys in the business. Uh, you know, Joe Buck is certainly one of the most talented play-by-play guys around. But the simple fact is, they put them on the game of the week each year, 
uh, each week, I should say. And people turn it on because it's the game of the week, not because <laughs> Buck and Aikman are calling the game. And so these numbers are absurd. I, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm happy for him. But, uh, you know, I mean, I do national radio on games. It's not TV, but it's still, you know, a similar size market. And, and the numbers just boggle my mind because I can assure you that's not what we're – and this is no complaint. I like Westwood One, but, I mean, uh, you know, it, it just it, – it's, it's kind of goofy. and It's hard to understand. Now, if this was, you know, Amazon Prime or if this was one of these, these streaming networks that's trying to get in on the action, that at least would make more sense. Um, but the fact that it's the four-letter network, uh, I, I don't know why they feel obligated to pay it, but they are. And I'm just happy for the guys that are reaping the rewards. Well, Kirk Kerbstreet and probably Al Michaels are going to benefit from that Amazon trying to make a statement and a stance as the new kid on the block. And more power to them, too. Hub, always a pleasure. Whenever you come on, thank you much. I promise not to call you again until we're into free agency and the like and sometime before the draft for sure. But thank you much for joining us tonight. Oh, Jody, you can call me anytime. Thanks for having me, buddy. That is Hub Arcus, executive editor of Pro Football Weekly, sideline reporter for Westwood One, and NFL insider for our Odyssey outlet in Chicago, The Score. I, Jody Mack, coming back on your Odyssey outlet right here, CBS Sports Radio, and returning to the phones. Get aboard, 855-212-4CBS. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law